When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome into the Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. A, a slight hiatus because two of us young gentlemen were at the Super Bowl, Stuart Roach as well. Uh, obviously, well, first off, Colin, welcome in. How are you doing, man? You good? Very well, uh, Michael. And, um, you know, as I said, slight, slight hiatus. And But we, we are going to be back with a bang this week. Back of a bang. And Stuart, uh, sorry you weren't with us uh, a few weeks ago, but we've we've got a, a very, very good guest and, and we'll we'll hear from Stuart in a second. Guy we that guy with the guy that we ran into, guy was very, very busy in Phoenix, and we'll talk about this in a bit as well. Broncos linebacker, uh Alex Singleton. Alex, thanks so much for taking time out on your uh, I can imagine relaxing off-season yeah. schedule. How's it going? I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, it's it's nice right now. This is the best time of the year. I get to work out and just chill. <laughs> I have to say, for us, for for me and Colm anyway, um, the weather in Phoenix was like summertime for us. So li- oh. literally, it was very hard to work. I'm sure Colm would agree with that. that. That's like, it's so cold over here, man, seriously. Oh, yeah, the weather here. I mean, I'm in Southern California, so it's, I think today, today's like 65 and it's windy and people here are all worried that it's like bad temperatures. 
Um, Shots the best. Yeah, no, I, I saw saw there in California. Ha- happy days. Um, I mean, we, it was nice to enjoy um, our Arizona. We know you were there as well. But um, if we reflect on on last year, Alex and I, I have um, a, a, alongside my you know love for the Broncos, having spent uh, time in Philadelphia growing up, um, I have a, a little bit of affinity for the Eagles. And so I, we saw you coming across, and Michael and I had talked to you previously. So we were telling people. You know, this guy's the, the real deal. He's going to contribute. And you did massively, but it wasn't just Broncos fans who noticed because um, PFF called you one of the, the best run defending linebackers in the, the NFL last year. Talked about um, your your stats, called you a tackling machine. So, it, you know, the, the recognition for your your really good season um, was uh, you know wider than just Broncos country? Can you talk to us a- about last season and coming in and, and what it was like for you? Yeah, uh, I love you know leaving Philly kind of stunk. You know, it was you know the first place I got to you know finally play, get a foot in the league, and so uh, yeah, kind of going into a weird free agency, kind of with the tender stuff and all that, you know. But then yeah, so going to Denver, uh, walking in, you know, I mean that's been a top five defense for almost the last decade. So going there was, you know, I was like, man, you know, you hope to play, I hope these guys are cool. You know what? You just all the nerves going into something like that. And when I got there, man, the best dudes in the world, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, it made sense why they're top five defense, you know, all those years, just the camaraderie and all that. And so, you know, just stepping right in there and kind of, you know, and not even, you know, necessarily being a starter right away, just, you know, getting in there with the guys and, you know, getting reps and, you know, getting to meet them. Uh, it was awesome. And I, you know, yeah, last year it, it kind of worked out uh, how it always has. You know, I found a way to get on the field and then, uh, you know, left it up to the coaches to find a way to get me off. And so, yeah, I got to got to play a lot, uh, enjoyed it. I think I just continue to get better every year. So I think that's something, uh, you know, I'm I'm proud of and can hope to continue to do, even though, you know, they like to say I'm getting older, but I, I feel like I'm getting younger. So, you know, it's, uh, it's good. But yeah, it, it was definitely a good year for sure. Now, hold on, uh, before Stripper gets his question, as a man that's turning 32 here on Sunday, you're a young man, Alex, don't worry, you're still young. <laughs> hey, come, come to all my free agent meetings. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, like, you're one of those guys, I think, that if you, you know, if you, if, if you look up perseverance in the dictionary, there should probably be a photograph of you underneath it, because you haven't had anything handed to you in, in this league by any stretch of the imagination. Sure, you haven't, you had a kind of a, a pretty sort of a circuit, uh, sort of uh, fortuitous, not fortuitous. So you had a kind of a, a route into the NFL that kind of took on many stops, and then you you went up and you played in Canada. Would you like to tell us a little bit about? Because I think you, you weren't classified as an international player because of was it your your mom or was it something yeah. like that? You, you, yeah. So so you you had a lot of different stops along the way, and oh, would yeah. you like to, just to sort of uh, if you I know it's only a twenty minute show. If you'd like to recap, oh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, I'm used to it. I got, I got the rundown now. Um, yeah, you know, so I, you know, I went to Montana State. It was a smaller school. So uh, when I came out, you know, 2015, I went undrafted to Seattle and they had just gone to back-to-back Super Bowls. So walking into that linebacker room was like, all right, well, they kept five on the roster last year and six of these guys were in the Super Bowl game. So um, this is not going to be the easiest team to make. And those are the things I learned, you know, just kind of, you know, pro football isn't, there's no red shirt. There's none of that stuff. Like you're either in or you're out. And so 
yeah, that first year was that. And during that same time, my agent just happened to be like, hey, if you ever had to, would you play in the CFL? And I kind of just was like, yeah, my mom was born there and I know they need Canadian players. So he was like, all right, let's look into that. So we found a way. Well, I got my citizenship through my mom. And that took like two weeks. It was super easy. And then that next, so if I would have left in 2015 to Canada, I would have been considered an American player. So I had to wait till 2016, which was fine because I was bouncing around on practice squads. But then, yeah, so I ended 2015 on the Vikings practice squad. And the day before OTA started, they cut me. So I was like, all right, this sucks. Like, I just want to play football. I didn't care at that point. I was sick of, I mean, I was flying home back and forth, I think, you know, 20 to 25 times. And so it was just, you know, my mom's tired of it. I'm tired of it. And then I was drafted in the first round as a Canadian to go to Canada. And I was like, you know what? It's a three-year deal. I'm just going to go. And back then, now CFL players every year can come down and try out for the NFL. Back then, when you signed a contract, I mean, that was, you're there for three years. So, you know, I went up there and uh, I learned to become a pro. I took everything I'd learned in that year uh, being in the NFL and, you know, used it. And, you know, I lived up there full time. I was a full Calgarian for the three years I was there. Uh, Loved every minute. I, you know, I give it was kind of like I got three more years of college experience being up there just, you know, with pros, which made it, you know, even better. And yeah, then I, after those three years came down and tried out for five or six teams and Philly was just kind of that spot. And even when I first got to Philly too, I, you know, didn't make the team right away. I was put on practice squad. I was actually going to go back to Canada. Cause I just, I told them, I was like, I just want to play. I don't care. So I called my Calgary and like had a contract fully ready. And then, uh, you know, Howie and Philly, they guaranteed me more money. He was like, just stay for the year. If after this year you don't play a snap, then go back up there. Cause that season was already halfway over for them. So I was like, all right, I'll believe in you. And then, you know, since week seven in 2019, I've, you know, been playing, but yeah, it was a definitely long and uh bumpy road, but it was great. And I appreciate every, every stop along that way. That's, that's six years pretty much summed up in about three minutes, Alex. You really do have a down at this stage, don't you? You weren't, you, 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 uh, <laughs> that was fantastic. Well, <laughs> some of it I forget most of the time now. <laughs> but the important thing I, is, where you, but the important thing is not the journey, it's where you ended up, which I think is, you know, it's a real, it really is. A, I, I think it's a message to everybody to just keep believing in yourself. And even mm-hmm. if it doesn't happen straight away, you know, you can, you know, and I think you're a prime example of that. So fair play to you. And, you know, it was great as fans. It was fantastic to see. I remember Colm on the program. So I sort of said this Alex Singleton guy, and he kind of seen, he said, yeah, he's been a, kind of a special teams player, but he started to play more defense recently. And then you had some incredible like tackle count in the playoff game for the Eagles. Didn't you? Is that right? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. in Tampa, I think we got killed, but I, I had like 18. <laughs> well, it would have been a lot worse if you hadn't been making all those tackles. By the sounds of things. I, I have to echo what Colm said. I remember, I think he was like, almost bedtime in Ireland that we found out you were coming over to Denver and we were just, we were buzzing. I remember just going, oh my God, this is great. The one guy that came over, it, it was fantastic. I, I look, I know it's the Denver Broncos podcast, but I do have to ask this and I'm sorry for this professionalism. Um, in your last year in Philly, Alex, a guy called Nick Rallis is there. He's now a 29-year-old defensive coordinator and in the last five minutes, Jonathan Gallon at the Cardinals has said he is going to, uh, Nick is going to call all the plays. He, mm-hmm. Jonathan's not going to it, there's no flack or negativity. It's just a lot of people are talking about it because he's 29 years of age. What's he like as a guy to work with? Because when I was 29, I, I like I'm coming 32 now. I think it's incredible and, and fair play to him. And it's great to see so many young younger coaches make it in the league. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, I mean, he's like a straight football nerd. He, I've never seen the guy like not be around his iPad. I've actually called him a couple of times in the last two weeks just to kind of like congratulate him and, you know, do all that stuff. You know, when, after they won the Super Bowl or lost the Super Bowl, I, uh, you know, cause there was all the rumors going around. So I texted him the day after and I was like, uh, you know, congrats on being the DC in Phoenix. And he's like, man, I'm selling newspapers or something, you know, something dumb. And, uh, you know, and then obviously when he got the job officially, it was like, man, like congrats, honestly, being like the youngest and, you know, it's cool. And I mean, he'll call the defense. I'm, you know, just knowing, you know, him and Gannon's relationship, he was probably part of it this year, even the, you know, the first, the year when we were in Philly together, I mean, we're the same age. So like talking to him was like, you know, it's like having a buddy in the room that also, and he played, you know, at Minnesota. So he under understands it from the perspective of a player, but also, you know, to a point he's like, I mean, you're the same age as me or, you know, you can like how you see it, tell me how you see it. We can play through those kind of things. And I think that's, what's cool about the NFL going younger. Like that is it's a lot of guys. Now it's not someone like almost like a dictator over you kind of telling you like, Hey, this is how it has to be. I think the best coaches are the ones that can relate to players. And, you know, when you're the same age as some of the players, uh, I think it's even more easier to be relatable. And yeah, I mean, and like I said, he, that guy does nothing but study football. Even like if I texted him now, he'd be like, Hey, I watched this game. What did you do in this? And you're like, I was just trying to say hi. So <laughs> I don't want to talk about football all the time, but he, you know, and that, and that's who he is. So I I'm super proud of him. Super excited for him. It's, it's a great opportunity. Actually, I'm interested in, in your opinion, I suppose, because there's, there's been a little bit of debate recently around um, the ILB position or off ball, whatever term you want mm-hmm. to use. And, you know, whether because some of the in terms of, you, you know, you were talking about being being drafted and going in. And, and we see sometimes, especially players who go higher up, maybe not live up to their billing initially. And there's been some talk that maybe that's because the... Um, ILB is a neck up position and that teams don't always kind of get that. So they look entirely at the measurables rather than taking the cerebral side into things. They obviously get that, you know, with maybe safeties or with centers or with quarterbacks that the cerebral side of things is part of it. Um, But they don't maybe or haven't yet realized that with ILBs. Is that something you would agree with? Oh yeah. I mean, I think, I think it makes your job so much easier if you know what you're doing. And I mean, that's the first thing when someone asks me, like, how do you, you know, learn a defense? It's like, you know, a lot of guys, especially young guys, it's, you know, like anything, you just try to learn one position and memorize everything. When instead, you know, I get a playbook. I try to know what all 11 guys are doing. Cause if you can, if you can kind of remember what all 11 guys are doing, it's easy to be like, all right, if that guy's there, okay, here's the hole here. So I'll just go there and you'll end up being right most of the time. But if you're just memorizing your one job, which every young guy does. And a lot of guys, I mean, in high school and college, these first and second round guys, I mean, they're freaks, you know, the place I train at proactive here in Southern California, they're like, I mean, they're all like six, four, two They're going to run four fours. And it's, I mean, I, I get it. If I, if I had all that too, I would take it in the first round, but it is hard. Like, I don't think I don't have to play full speed every play. You know what I mean? Like you can be in the right spots. If I know in this formation, they only run two plays. Well, I can, you know, cheat one way, you know, you can do little things like that throughout a game where I'm not exerting much energy, you know, on little things that, yeah, those guys that have all the measurables and all that stuff can get their way out of. But a lot of times, you know, it's, that this position so much more knowing what's going to happen and being able to, you know, anticipate it and then get after it and then let your instincts happen. And yeah, I, I think they need to, 
need to take it into account, but it's so hard because a lot of those guys, you know, coaches never have to put them in positions because you're so much better at the college level. You're so much better at the high school level. You, you never have to learn all the time. And I feel like that's kind of what was nice about like my career the whole time. It's like, I had to learn, I had to learn, you know, what I was good at, what I wasn't good at and how to, you know, combine it all to make the player I am today. And I, you were saying, you know, and rightly so, that you've improved, uh, you know, every year. And you've also, I remember we talked to you a little bit about this the last time, you've done some coaching yourself. Do you think like that part of it and what you were talking about in terms of, you know, learning, has, has that helped you to become a, a better player every year? Oh, yeah, so much. Like my buddy, actually, who he was the high school coach here. He just got a private school job here which is like pay grades in california it's ridiculous what they pay for someone to coach high school football but just talking football with him every day like he'll call me and be like hey what do you see in this and this it's being around it coaching somebody i mean i think you know i forget what like to say but if you can you know teaching something is like the best way to show that you know something you know just you know sitting in the back of a meeting room someone just telling me what to do if I can call my buddy after that and be like, Hey, we just put in this defense. This is what, you know, we use it for. Here's the situations. Here's all this. He's like, I don't know how you memorize that in a 15 minute meeting, but like, like just knowing that, you know, I like the knowledge and I get, I've learned to love football, not just like the game, but like the true X's and O's of it. And I think that's, what's helped so much is like, I just truly enjoy it. And I know when I'm done, I want to coach. So it's kind of just like, you know, everything is like, just thinking about that the whole time, not just, you know, okay, here's next Sunday's game plan. It's like, huh, that's really interesting. That's a good way to look at, you know, that formation, that concept, uh, those calls going into that and just kind of like putting those on a piece of paper and like remembering it for the future. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So Alex, you, you, um, you, had, you, you got a one-year contract for the Denver Broncos. So you're, you're uh, technically, even though it's the Denver Broncos program, you're, you're, you're kind of in limbo at the moment. Obviously, we would love, very much love to have you back at the Broncos. <laughs> what, what, are, what, are the, what, are, what are the last few weeks? What have they been like? And what are the next few weeks? Because the thing about it is once the Super Bowl is over, there's very little time before effectively the new season starts again, which is yeah. in the next week or two. So like what what is this like for you i mean this time is it stressful is it kind of there's not much i can do about it you wait and see like how how do you yeah. how do you deal with this kind of period of time like what what's 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 what do you like you're training now you were saying yeah. what else can you do yeah so uh i mean i was more stressed about it like fully stressed i would say like from like week 10 till the end of the season because you're like man okay our coaches you know we suck um if coaches get fired, you know, they're not going to re-sign guys. So then you're like, all right, well, it's week 13 now, week 14. Okay, our head coach just gets fired. 
all this stuff's going on in Denver. Um, so now they're, you know, my agent's saying, Hey, they're not doing contracts till they hire a new coach. Okay. Then it's like, all right, well, shit, I got to stay healthy now for at least four weeks. But the day the season ended, it was like, all right, cool. Let's just stay in shape. Do what you always do. Now that you're a hundred percent, like when the season was over, I felt like I did everything that I was supposed to do for the future. So like that, that part was over. So now it's like, to keep my mind off it, I guess it's like training, doing the stuff I always do because none of that matters. Like if I'm not in the best shape, I'll be more mad no matter what happens in the future. So it's just kind of just getting back into my grind and staying on top of it. And, you know, just having my agent, you know, tell me what's going on. Cause like I said, you know, back, I guess during the season, if the, you know, week 14, they're like, Hey, we want to offer you this contract. It'd be like, okay, shit. Do I want to take that today? So I don't get hurt this Sunday, but now it's like, all right, I have till September 1st. You know, it's so much time. So, and I know, like, I mean, my agents talking are starting to talk to them next week. So it's not even like, I'm just like, I'm here. I'm going to, I'm going to a wedding this weekend in Cabo. So I'm going to take, take some vacations now for the next two or three weeks. So I get a nice to get away from it. Nice. Make sure, make sure you don't lose your phone. I would have thought on that wedding then. Well, I'm going, I'm doing Cabo. And then my family's going on a cruise, like right during free agency. So I'm like, uh, (laughs) Yeah, they can't call me, you know. Leave, leave, leave several numbers for your agents, uh, but yeah, hopefully, I, yeah. So, I'm not, it's like I, you know, that's his job now. My job's over. I'm gonna, whatever happens, happens. I know I'm playing football next year, and you know, I mean, for me to like be able to honestly look up and be like, I'm gonna turn 30 in December and still be playing in the National Football League is like the coolest thing to me. So, I'm I'm super happy. I, you know, I hope I feel like I have, you know, a ton of years left. So, I mean, I'll play till these wheels fall off, but uh, yeah. So I'm just, I'm just happy. You know, I love the game. I love what, you know, the joy brings me, my family, you know, my friends, everybody. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm good now. <laughs> I am going to light the metaphoric cons over here. I'm sure these lads will as well, that, that obviously it all works out well and you're playing in the orange and blue next year for the Broncos. And I'll go even a step further and, uh, put the prediction that it'll happen on St. Patrick's Day. I'll just put that out there. Three, three <laughs> weeks away, it'll, it'll happen. Please, God. I um, Alex, I, I'm mad about that. <laughs> you have to tweet us if it happens. Um, here's what I want to end on, because I think it's very important. Um, you were the busiest working man in Radio Row. Like, like I've I seen it, because I literally seen you. I think it was on the Monday, and I was like, I'm not going to annoy him, because you were flat out for like two days. And then <laughs> no. I was like, right, I'll, I'll go say hello at the end. But um, I know you do a, a serious uh, amount of work with Special Olympics, and folks, for people listening to this podcast, you were literally, if you weren't meeting somebody or sitting down at a table on a podcast, you were sitting down upstairs on a laptop doing interviews, Zoom calls. You'd done a serious amount of work that week, and I think it's a credit to yourself, but can you maybe talk to us just finally about uh, you know, just about your work with the Special Olympics in the, in the U.S.? Yeah. Um, so my older sister has Down syndrome. So I've been involved with Special Olympics. I mean, she's been a participant for 25 years. So, you know, since I was born, it's been something that's just been part of my life. You know, it's the reason I, I say I play with a smile because I go to all their events and all that stuff. And you see the athletes just their love and passion for sports. And so to be able to, you know, play a sport for a living, provide you know, her and her friends, they're on a softball team and five of them are wearing number 49. And, you know, I, you know, I know it's for me and it's, and they're so proud. Every time they go up to bat, they're like, Alex, this one's for you, you know, and it's, it's the coolest thing in the world and the excitement. And so to be able to just represent them, Special Olympics on a, you know, the stage and the platform that I have, you know, every city I go to some, I mean, when I got to Denver and when I got to Philly, 
I talked, I called the head organizer, of the Philadelphia and Denver special Olympics for, I even talked to a coach I had. So it's the first thing I do. It's something like I want, you know, to be so involved with. And, and so, and that was the cool part about being in Arizona. I got to go with, you know, they had two or three athletes um, come each day and you got to, you know, go around with them, have them, you know, give them the spotlights be on radio row, which is, you know, insane down there. Like you guys know, and let them, you know, tell their stories, but then also get to talk about mine and, you know, and just, you know, support special Olympics support. I always say it's like a community that doesn't always have the biggest voice that I think deserves to be like scream from mountaintops. Cause it, it, it just, just what they do is, you know, incredible. And what, you know, what it gives to a population of people that, you know, don't always get all the benefits in the world. And so to use sports to kind of bring everybody together is, is the coolest thing. And, you know, to add on that, the, the read, like their big push this year is, you know, for high schools and middle schools to have these unified school programs. And it's not just in the U S it's all over the world. It was like 140,000 schools in the entire world for uh, these unified schools. And it's to, you know, bring sports, use sports and schools to, you know, you take people not just from uh intellectual disabilities but every person on campus to do sports and to eliminate bullying and teasing and just all that stuff that you know we're all in school is you know it's what everybody did and it's it's so it's so cool to be able to now go to a high school and just see like these kids are like you know at basketball practice with everybody and it, it makes it so much better and just that special olympics was you know found a way to you know make sports that bridge. Cause I think sports brings everybody together, you know? So it, I love it. I think it's the coolest thing ever. No, absolutely. And Alex, I don't know if you know this, but the first time the special Olympics was ever held outside the, the U S was actually in Ireland in, in Dublin in 2003. Oh, and it was truly, it was incredible. It was transformative. Um, I, I mean, I, I remember I had just come to, to Dublin at the, the time and it was an amazing, amazing uh, occasion. So yeah, you can see the transformative oh, yeah. power of, of sport. Definitely. Um, I think just a, a couple, a couple more questions. One final one for me. And I, yeah. I mean, look, for fans like the rivalries are everything right and having played in the the AFC East I mean you can that's almost visceral you you can feel how the Eagles feel about the Giants right how the Cowboys feel about the the Eagles and so on and then you came to the the AFC West and I'm just wondering in in terms of playing in the the atmosphere like is there like certainly from 5,000 miles away it you know, I know for fans, it it, it means everything. But from 5,000 miles away, it feels a little bit more visceral on the East Coast. Is that the case or are we just not are we just not experiencing it to the same extent? Uh, uh, that's tough. I mean, Philly, I would say East Coast, especially like Philadelphia, cities like Philadelphia. New York's not really like I would, Philadelphia is different than everywhere because that city. It's, it's like a hardworking, just it's not. There, it doesn't, the sun doesn't shine in Philadelphia if the Eagles lose, you know, it's, it's a different thing going on, you know, Vegas, LA, Denver, they're, they're nice cities, you know, no matter what, you know, it's always, the weather's going to be good. Life's going to be okay. But yeah, so I, I, the East coast, the East coast is a little angrier, you know, but uh, I will say though, the rival, like, I mean, the rivalries in the AFC West are just as short, like, I mean, the Broncos hate the Raiders and I can only imagine what it would have been like back in the day going to Oakland. Like, I mean, even going to Vegas where it's a nightclub in the bottom, you're still like, you know, 
people are cussing you out while they're getting bottle service at a hundred thousand dollar table and you're like why why are you mad have you seen your server <laughs> like uh come on now uh but yeah i mean that's what i think so cool about the nfl is you know when you're in a different division and you know stuff like that you're like oh those rivalries aren't as important as ours you know ours this means more over here this means more over there i will tell you it means a lot and maybe it's just those two divisions i know because the afc west has you know pretty historical rivalries and so does the nfc east so it's kind of like i mean but who knows you know then you hear about you know the patriots and the bill and all those teams so it's kind of like maybe maybe we all uh you know, you just hate each other. You just got to be in it to like fully get it. But I will say, I mean, I was very impressed. I thought, you know, leaving Philly, I was like, ah, Bron, you know, they play the Raiders, whatever, whatever. Yeah, it, it was serious. I was like, okay. So I loved it. And I will say Denver Stadium, when when people showed up for the first five or six weeks, <laughs> it was loud, like crazy loud. I was like, oh, okay. So nothing but, yeah. The rivalries, they're there everywhere. I think, Alex, for this season in particular, because, you know, obviously it didn't go the way any of us really wanted to. One of the things towards the end of the season was beat the Chiefs or please God, beat the Raiders. Yeah. Just give us give us something to take away. Uh, from. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, the, the, the very first game I saw the Broncos playing was against the Raiders. So it would have been, you know, if, depending on what way that had gone, I might have veered over to the dark side. So I'm very happy that John, <laughs> John, Elway, John Elway got a late winner in that one. So that was, that was oh, yeah. my, my whole American football life could have been completely different if it hadn't been for that. So thank, thank you, John, oh, for yeah. that. <laughs> well, that's okay. My whole life, I mean, my dad and brother are like diehard Raider fans. So. Oh wow, that found that oh, yeah. my, my brother I mean, interesting in your house, is it? Oh yeah, my I mean my brother like before the game we're playing the Raiders. He's like, just letting you know, I'm not wearing your jersey. <laughs> <laughs> the full full Raiders jersey doesn't care. He's like, yeah, I'm putting my money on the Raiders. I'm betting them to win. He's like, there's no. He's like, I don't care. Play forever you want. Two days out of this year, <laughs> I hope you lose. Like thanks. Good yeah, talking. That's a typical Raiders fan, though, Alex, in fairness, isn't it really? Oh, 100%. Yeah, even, your brother. even I, your brother. I'd rather have it that way, you know? <laughs> Why I'm paying for his ticket. <laughs> um, Alex, I, this, this has been great fun. Uh, please, please do, you know, please, God, we, we hope you're playing with us next year again. If you are, definitely jump on before the season. We're, we're obviously yeah. really excited for the season and... Uh, You've been a great friend to us coming on previously. This has been great fun. And, and I know not just us lads on this podcast, but um, people around Ireland, the UK, Europe, that are Broncos fans beyond will wish you the very best over the next few weeks. And uh, enjoy the off season because before you know it, <laughs> it'll be the first week. And I was actually saying this, imagine Broncos play the Chiefs in Arrowhead week one. Thursday night. Boom. That'd be a nice way to start. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Oh yeah, appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on.